where they just begun to gather around and uh, preach to them um, uh, folks the gospel. And it's just, it's just marvelous to me how the love of God is just <laughs> that he would uh, care so much about a sinner that he would take a man like Brother Knowles, that he'd take somebody like you who works hard and tries to provide for their family and do right. And there's nothing binding on missions. God didn't say 10% or 20 or 40. or he, he didn't say do it or I'll kill you. But he put his love in you to give. And you do it and you give, some sacrificially. And to see how God's love is will go through somebody like that to give to missions, to enable somebody like Brother Noel, and then God burden his heart and him go over there to tell some sinner that has no hope and without God in the world that if somebody does not give them the gospel, they'll perish in eternity in the lake of fire. All they have is, is various cults and um, witch doctors and just whatever man can vainly imagine in his brain that is causing the sun to rise when it does and to set when it does and uh, what causes a man to uh, be able to live and breathe and uh, you know when they look at creation and try to ration in their mind rationalize you know God because a man knows that this isn't an accident there's something in creation that causes a person to think there's got to be something more than a big boom. Um, now, some people, they, they may have come from salamanders and monkeys. I don't know. I, I worry about them. Uh, but no, they, and they, you look around at creation and you know that there's more. And so they'll try to vainly in their religion try to some sense worship the, uh, as Paul saw one time, the unknown God even. And to try to find out the answers to, well, if a man dies, shall he live again? And uh, God loves so much, loves people that he'd take a man, pull him out of his home country and send him somewhere else to tell the sinner about the Christ that died for him and was risen again. I say hallowed hallelujah for that. We take that for granted. Most of us were raised in uh, churches and we, um, you know, we fall asleep to that now. It's, uh, it's something that is uh, just, we hear it all the time and we take it for granted often. And, uh, but uh, if you're sitting in Africa with no hope and alien, just with nothing in this world to, to, to really live for, you're just surviving until it's over. Hoping you can what, brother, do you see? They, they hope they can find enough to eat that day, maybe. That's probably the extent of the, many of their goals. Not all, but in various regions that our brother preaches in. Their daily life is to just find enough to make it. Just if I can get enough to feed my children, my family. And, and uh, that's about the extent. They have nothing to live for. Uh, but man, you, you, they get Jesus. And Jesus will give you something to live for. It'll give you, you'll be worried about more than feeding yourself. You'll be wanting to feed other people. Uh, God, give me enough that I can take some back and feed the rest of the town, right? Enough water together, I can water somebody else's uh, uh, field for a while. So uh, I, it's going to take, uh, and just in our day, it's just going to take more of ourselves. We've got to give more. Uh, there's less people that are giving. Uh, and so it's going to take us that have a burden in our heart to want to reach the world. We've got to give more. And the good news is God's got more to give you, right? God's got more to give through you. What Brother Blue always said, he'll give to, through you what he won't give to you. 
Uh, and I think oftentimes we need to remember the Lord is uh, very concerned about the world getting the gospel. And I pray you are this morning. It stirs my heart up. I, I like to, I wish I had money, brother. I'd give you more, start some more churches over there. It blesses my heart to hear. Don't you? It encourages me. It just helps me to go on. Nothing will get you over some of the stuff you have to fool with around here, like uh, just getting involved in missions. Get involved with it. It's not something that, uh, it's not a drag. I've never regretted one dollar I've ever given in missions. I've regretted I didn't give more, but I've never regretted a dollar I've ever had to give to God. I, I just don't, I don't understand that kind of thinking. Um, you know, that's uh, something the, uh, do you have to tithe? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if your thinking is, do I have to do it? And you're arguing with God about the before tax or after tax. You got problems. <laughs> you don't have to amen that. I'm not attacking you, but it's the truth. You got problems. Uh, as one man said, that's a floor which to start. God can enable people to give way beyond their abilities to give before he gets through with them. God can help you to give. And I hope you have a given heart this morning to reach the world. Um, our churches will die, and many churches have died because they lost a vision to reach the world. But before they lost a vision to reach the world, they didn't care too much about people within six feet of them. That's where we are. Most most of us are concerned about our four and no more. And uh, I don't, I don't, I, I totally get it. I understand how we can get there. But I think the way forward is going to be to just continue to give more and more to missions. All that we can do, I pray God continues to use this church for missions. When he quits, we'll, we'll cease to be. When we quit, we'll cease to be. So just continue to give. Many of you are and just keep on giving more and more. Uh, I believe that the Lord will uh, uh, enable a man to give to his heart's desire. If you want to continue to give for God, he'll continue to give to you to give well. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank you, Brother Knowles, for being here. I'm going to take a few minutes. If you'll turn to the first psalm, I'm just going to try to split this up into two services and preach tonight from this first psalm as well. Uh, but just take about a 15 minutes or so here this morning, if you can uh, hold on. I took B12, vitamin D, Sudafed, everything I can find to get ready to preach this morning, get well enough. And it's got me so dried out and feeling good. I'm feeling, I've got energy you wouldn't believe this morning. So I'm going to try not to hold you here, though. Uh, just take about 15 minutes to get started in this psalm uh, and just look at a couple of things that will help us in this day. God began to work this in my heart. Uh, and uh, so I just want to start here in this first psalm. Very well-known psalm. Uh, I appreciate how this is the very first one because here's something that all of us are concerned with. We want our lives to be blessed, don't you? Uh, I want my life to be blessed. I want to have a blessed life. I, I want to be a blessed man, and I am. Uh, God's been faithful and been good to me. If he never does another thing to me, for me, or through me, he's been very faithful, and I'm blessed to have the Lord in my life. Uh, and uh, so are you. But uh, this is not talking about uh, in standing. I believe this is a, a matter of state. This is a matter of living. Uh, 
we're all, if you've been born again, you're justified in heaven legally. Uh, you are a child of God. You stand perfect in Christ. And he sees the blood when he sees you. And he sees you in his son. You are accepted in the beloved. And when it comes to sonship, when it comes to you being saved or uh, whether or not you're going to heaven, uh, that question's been answered through the blood of Jesus by grace through faith in him and him alone. Uh, but this, I believe, is dealing more with the matter of life. This is a uh, uh, not just, a, it talks a lot about the righteous and it talks a lot about the ungodly, uh, but I believe it's mainly concerning itself with if you want your life to be blessed, you're going to have to lay hold of some truths found in this first psalm or you're going to find that your life's not going to be very blessed. Even as a Christian, you're going to have very difficult life uh, if you don't live in these truths. So let's just take a moment and just read verse number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And so number one, I want to look at this blessed man. I want to look that number one, this man has a separated state. Uh, the very first thing in life that we're going to have to learn as born-again Christians, I know this is kind of basic, but I want to touch on it just for a minute, uh, is we're going to have to have a separated state. Uh, birds of a feather flock together. And I don't care how saved you think you are, you cannot hang around people that talk, walk, act, and think ungodly and not be affected by that. And if you walk in the ways and the counsel of ungodly people, your life will not be blessed. I don't care how saved you think you are. Uh, you can be saved, justified, and on your way to heaven and live in a manner where your life will not be blessed. God is not going to bless anything that is contrary to his will. And that is ungodliness. Anything that is not godly, right? Uh, we think of ungodliness as being uh, deeply sexually perverted or we think of ungodliness in that term as being something uh, severe. But it's anything that is outside of the will of God. Anything that is anti-God. Anything that God would not approve of. Uh, and here's what the Bible says in verse number one. Uh, we're going to look at a separated state. And the verse, verse thing I want to notice is his steps. He steps not after the sayings of ungodly people. Ungodly people, if, we don't, if we're not careful, and you young people may pay attention to this especially, uh, because what's going to happen is you go, and many of you know that we're raised in church, you go and you can get involved in a youth group, and uh, before you know it, you, you realize not everybody's in this thing for Jesus. A lot of people are here because mom and dad made them be here. Or uh, some people are here because they got no better place to go. Some people are here so they can find fault. There's all many kinds of reasons that people are involved in religious activity. It's not always because they want to see people saved and all those wonderful things. And so you'll find out as you go along in a church uh, program, especially in a youth program, you'll find out that, that eventually uh, as people get old enough, as young people get old enough to make their own decisions, they're not going to make godly decisions. And they'll start walking in ungodly ways, ways that God wouldn't approve of, ways the church would not approve of. And here's what, here's what this man in his blessed life is going to have to learn. He's not going to walk after the counsel of ungodly people. So here's what's going to happen. And I've had this said to me in my life. People will get out of the will of God. They'll get out of church. They'll quit God, quit church. And they'll turn around and tell you how free they are now. They're just living it up. I got out from under all that bondage, that crazy overweight preacher screaming at me and spitting on me. And uh, man, I'm just as free now. I'm living it up. 
Well, there's pleasure in sin for a season, but you go back and ask them in about five or six years, see how blessed they are, see how free they are. I'm going to tell you where freedom's found, where blessings are found, and that's in submitting yourself to the will of God. Uh, blessings in, uh, fl- flow will flow uh, from living righteously, from living godly. There's never been a time in my life where I lived in a manner that was ungodly in which I was uh, glad that I did it. It always came with great cost to live ungodly. And when you have people uh, that you are in contact with that think that because, because, see, they want to be miserable with somebody else. Nobody wants to be miserable alone. And so they'll try to pull other people out of church too. They'll be trying to tell you, deceitfully telling you, uh, that they're having the time of your life. You need to get away from all that fundamental uh, preaching and all that King James Bible stuff. Just You get away from all that and just live it up with me. I'm having a great time. That's a lie of the devil. They are not telling you the truth. I'm telling you the devil always will wrap things up deceitfully. He'll show you that the the pleasures of sin in that short season of time, but he won't show you the divorce. He won't show you the wrecked home. He won't show you the children that have gone astray because you walked off from God. He, He won't show you the end result of living ungodly. What he wants you to see is the deceitful pleasures of it for a season. And so when you get around ungodly people and they try to influence you to live in a manner that's ungodly, it's deceitful what they're telling you. It's not as free and joyful and wonderful as they want to make it sound. There's no freedom and liberty and joy to be found in walking contrary to the Bible. It will always cost you. And so this man, if we want our lives to be blessed, we're not going to be able to get our counsel from people that hate God. I am not going to listen to the opinions or the directions of people that hate God's church either. People that want to tell us, you know, well, uh, you know, uh, I just believe that everybody just kind of does the way they feel. You interpret it one way, I interpret it another way, and they just have all kinds of ungodly. What you need? I had one person tell me, Cody, before I got saved, they said you need to quit doing so many things at once. Everybody's got one sin. Your problem is you got two or three. You're doing. You just need to pick one. Now, what kind? That person claimed to know God, <laughs> but the Bible says repent. That's what the Bible says. Turn from your idols. Turn from those ways. Don't listen to the counsel of the ungodly. I am promising you young people one thing. When people that get out of the will of God and outside of this church or outside of any other church, when they begin to counsel you to follow them in their ways, they are being deceitful in what they're telling you. It is not as lovely and flowers and wonderful as they're going to make it think. It may be for a time, but I promise you there'll be an unplanned pregnancy down the road. There'll be drugs. There'll be alcohol. There will be nothing joyful in the life of the person that walks off from God. You're mad. I'm not mad. I promise you, I'm, not, I'm mad at people that walk off from God and want to drag everybody else down with them. Hey, friend, if you want to quit God and you want to live ungodly, why don't you just go live ungodly and leave everybody else alone? Amen. I'm telling you, folks, if you're not careful, you'll lend your ear to people that know nothing about the Bible to give you advice on how to live your life. Don't do that. You can't walk in the counsel of people that do not know the Bible. Right? That's why the enemy wants to cut you off from your Bible. 
He wants to cut you young people off from the preacher. He wants to cut you off from your mom and dad. Anybody that's trying to tell you how to live righteously, the devil doesn't want you listening to them. Right? What he wants to tell you is, get out from under that bondage. It's bondage. You, gotta, you, can't, you can't go out here and dress uh, like you're for sale. Man, boy, you're under real bondage. You can't go out here and show off all your body parts and attract men. And boy, that's real bondage, isn't it? And they'll tell you how you got to live. Oh, you got to go to church all the time. I don't even have to go and I'm living it up. They're lying. Give it a little bit of time. Don't live in the counsel of the ungodly. I would cut my ears off from people that were telling me to do things contrary to this book. You have to do that. I've got enough of my own problems, don't you? I say I need somebody else helping me with them. I don't need nobody excusing them either. You know, I need somebody that will take the Bible and say, Brother Clint, you're wrong. You better straighten yourself up, don't you? That's what I need. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. It's very deceitful to think that uh, uh, when people tell you how uh, wonderful of a life that they're living, I don't know a soul today. I don't care how they act or how they try to put on. I don't know a soul today that is living a joyful, wonderful life who walked off from God. If you know one, I wish you'd come tell me. And what they put on Facebook is not really indicative of what's going on in here. I've come to find out Facebook is what people want others to think about their life. It's not as joyful as it looks like on Instagram. Boy, they're having a blast. Look how much fun they're having. That's what the devil wants you to think. Man, they're out here drinking. They're living it up. They've got boyfriends and girlfriends and mom and dad's gone. They got no bondage making them live right and do right. Man, they're just living it up. I'm going to tell you, I got to a place in my life, Brother Mark, when I left home, I couldn't wait to get out from under them rules and all them regulations. And I got out there to find out there wasn't nothing but hell waiting on me. And I'm telling you, I got to a place in my life, I wish I could have been back in there with mom and daddy and somebody putting some rules over my life. It'll get out of hand faster. I'm telling you, you don't have control of sin. Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go. You'll pay more than you wanted to pay and stay longer than you wanted to stay. There is nothing joyful, nothing wonderful, and nothing to look forward to in the life of any person that walks in the counsel of ungodly people. Amen. Surround yourself with good godly counsel. And only walk in those ways. So we look, number one, if we want our lives to be blessed We're going to have to be careful what we're lending our ear to. Where are we getting our counsel from? We uh, have to guard our ears. And what we, the Bible gives us an example of what true wisdom is, isn't it? If you want to get counsel, counsel from wisdom that's from above, right? Look for a person that's gentle and peaceable and true and righteous. That's the kind of counsel that we need to be walking in, isn't it? Men like Brother Jones and Brother Beard and other men in your life and my life that we've had over the years that have just tried to give us the Bible and help us from the Word of God. Hey, it was not a matter of judgment. Nobody's judging you. there's, There's ways I can't walk in. There's ways in my life I'm praying God helps me with. Amen. It's not an attack on you because, well, you're always attacking me. No, we're trying to help you walk godly because we know that's the best thing for your life. 
There's never been a more joyful and peaceful and, and wonderful time in my marriage, in my home, in my life than when I was 150% sold out to the will of God. Anything else ever crept in and it caused problems. Amen. Y'all know that's right. Best time in your life when you was faithful to church. I've seen people, brother, they've been just as faithful and you thought they'd never quit God. They'd go through, man, they was here every prayer meeting. You couldn't go out on visitation. They wouldn't be with you. You couldn't get them to rob God. They'd give. They'd give not only their money, but their time. They'd give themselves. And then little by little, they started backing out. And you know what I see today? I see misery and pain. And I pray in my heart that those people get back right with God again. Because if they don't, they'll die miserable. Don't walk after the counsel of the ungodly. There's a lot of years out there. There's a lot of people, you young people, get a lot bombarded all the time in social media. You'll see things posted. Don't, don't, don't buy into much of that. A lot of these little sayings and little, just stick to the Bible. If it's, if it's not in the Bible, I just file 13 it. It ain't worth the, it ain't worth the, uh, the, the, the source that it came out of. I would say more than likely. The Bible will, and he's going to exhort them. So we look, number one, to have a blessed life. We have to have a separated state. I got just a few more minutes. I'll cover just these other two real quick. We have to have a separated state. And this isn't for glorying in the flesh. You know, that verse really hits fundamentalists hard. They glory in appearance. That's not separation. I don't have standards in separation and try to live holy to try to impress anybody. When you do, you are a mess. You're just as bad, if not worse, than the ungodly. Standards and separation and living holy, that's not something we can puff our chest out about and belittle everybody else that's not doing what we think's right, right? That's not the goal. What I'm talking about here is true holiness, true godliness, living in a manner to please God. That's this man's blessed life. He's going to show us. That's the life that, you know what satisfies and please, well, I'm going to get ahead of my little outline here. Let me, let me move on. Now, look at his steps. So, number one, he doesn't step after ungodly sayings. Number two, look at his stance. He stands not uh, with sinners. This men separated. And, 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 and here's one thing we all are going to have to uh, remember. This is good for all of us, but especially young people. When that person gets wayward and they're out there, we, don't, we, don't, we try not to uh, uh, alienate them. I, I'm not trying to. But listen, I'm not the one that calls division. It's people walking ungodly that are causing division. I can't be around it because I'm susceptible to do the same thing. It's not because I'm better than somebody, but if they want to turn to alcohol and drugs and running around on their wife and living ungodly and missing out on church and walking everything contrary to the Word of God, I can't be around that because i got a flesh just as messed up as they do. So for my own good, I have to come out from among that, right? Well, they're mistreating me. No, you're mistreating everybody else by living ungodly. Amen. I try to say this stuff with a smile. Does it make it any better to smile when you preach? Separating from ungodly people is not mean-spirited. It's not unloving. It's actually exactly the perfect will of God for us to stay away from people. You know, you know why that crowd probably accepts you the way that they do? Probably because you're just like them. That's right. 
You had to understand, you you get a man full of the Holy Ghost and really wanting to serve God, the world doesn't want nothing to do with a person like that. They don't call him to hang out on Saturday night, right? (laughs) They don't call that man to come to the big get-togethers, right, Daniel? They don't get invited to the big drunken parties. Who wants him around? All he's going to do is talk about Jesus. (laughs) I'd rather be that man ten times over. Wouldn't you? You don't have to. Usually they'll separate from your company. You know why they don't? Because they're comfortable around you. That's right. They're not rebuked by your life. You you laugh at the same jokes. Right? You don't. Your life's not a rebuke to them. You just go right along with them. The Bible says they're not of us. They go off from us when they're not all of us. See, if we're we're apart with them, they'll accept you. They'll receive you. The world receiveth its own. One of the first things I got saved, that crowd, not a soul of them wanted to be around me anymore. It was lonely feeling. I didn't cut any of them off. They quit calling me. They could, am I telling the truth, Amber? I, I don't have one friend left from that life. Not one. They all walked out. And I'm glad in some ways, but I hate that that had to be the case. They think it's strange you don't run in the same excess of riot, don't they? How about you this morning? Do you want to maintain a blessed life and integrity and a and uh, have a testimony for the Lord, you're going to have to not, number one, walk out to the council, watch your steps, and number two, you cannot stand in the same ways that they stand. You know what the Bible say about a man that would rather suffer with God's people than enjoy? See, sometimes it's more joyful to be accepted along with the world. It's not fun to be different. It's not fun to be ridiculed and made fun of and laughed at and poked fun at. But it's a blessed life. God will bless a life that will be separated and live holy. So we got to watch number one, the sayings, what we're watching where we're, and then we're number two, we're watching, we're watching our steps. Number two, we're watching where we stand. I, I don't know who is worse in this world, a sodomite or one that will sympathize with them. Now, I'm not trying to be ugly, but I think it's pitiful that we live in a day where a so-called Christian will stand up and defend that crowd. You don't ever hear them defending the Bible. They'll never stand with God's church. But I'm going to tell you, you go out here on the street and start witnessing. You know who will attack you? It won't be drunks and prostitutes and everything else and drug addicts. You know who will attack you? Christian people. Don't judge me. I got that in Oak Ridge. A man come up to me, pastor's son, supposedly. These people are hurt enough. They get told enough they are in sin. Well, what do you want me to do? Do what you do and let them all go to hell? Right? Come on now. Who are you standing with? That's a good question. Young people, you get on social media, a lot of times that's what you really are, what you are in the dark. Right? Not what you are in here. Who are you standing with? Who do you buddy up to? Who are you hanging out with? We can't stand in their ways. We're going to have to be different. We'll never win this world by being like them. I know of a man right now, Brother Montgomery, I'm thinking of right now. He was a good friend of mine. He was a good kid in school. And he got the idea he'd be the designated driver. Now, I don't know what idiot let him do it. That was an adult. But he was, when we were in high school, 
he was trying to live for the Lord, but he thought the best way to do about doing that is to not condemn everybody that was drinking, but to drive them home when they were done and try to be their friends. You're not going to win people like that. You know what happened by the time he graduated? He was drinking more than anybody. And in fact, about five years ago, he blew his head off and killed himself. And I don't know anybody in my school that was more on fire for God than that young man. You're never going to win. You're never going to have a, a life that's blessed by walking with ungodly people and listening to their counsel. Right? You're going to have to be different. You, and you've got to be careful that you do it in a manner of love. It's not because we're mad at anybody or that we think we're better. It's quite the opposite. I think I'm much worse than they are. Right? And if I get around it, I'll be just as bad. Well, we've got to be careful. Don't we? Let me give this last point and we'll go eat. We got to watch our steps. Can't step after ungodly sayings. We can't stand with the sinners. And here's the last one before we go home today. He sits not with the scornful. He nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If we want to have a blessed life, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to stay away from people that are constantly attacking everything that we're standing for. There are some people in a church, I'm telling you, I don't care what church you go to. You pick out the best church in this country. I don't care where you go. You go to pick the best church where Brother Knowles is at. The same people, the same things over there, flesh. And you know what you're going to find? People that just scorn everything. They badmouth anybody. It's the only way they can feel good about themselves is just to mock and make fun and scorn and and you know what happens when you just listen to that stuff all the time? You'll find yourself complaining and being mean-spirited and scornful just like they are. You can't lend your ear to it. You can't walk in the ways that they, are, they tell you to walk. You can't stand in the ways that they turn and go to. And you cannot sit around with ungodly people and not be affected by it. Where do you spend your time? I worry about that. How can you be so comfortable around people that hate God? That's a cause of concern, is it not? Because the Spirit of God is uncomfortable with that. The Bible says He's too holy to even look upon sin. Sin bothers the Holy Ghost, does it not? When it doesn't bother me and you, we're, we're in trouble. Right? And to be around people in those kind of lifestyles, you know what I've seen? You know what I have I've watched this consistently? I don't care who, who it is. When they get involved with people like that and they start buddying up with people that are the most loosest crowd, that, that want to always push the edge, they always, they're trying to see how close they can get to the edge and not fall off into hell, right? They're always walking over here. They're never over here trying to be as godly as they can be. They're always pushing the edge, and when they, when they turn to that crowd and they're always going in that kind of direction, I can watch a person, no matter how well off they have been, they'll slowly begin to drift off. And before you know it, they're doing the same things that crowd's doing. It's never been the other way. A am I telling the truth? Brother Reed, you've been in church a long time. Have you ever seen somebody get with that scornful crowd and the, the crowd that's always wanting to go ungodly and seen them recover them and bring them back to a godly lifestyle? Never. So I just got to say, I love you, but if you're going to live ungodly, just consider me and you are not going to be around each other too much. Right? Why? Because I think I'm better than you? No. Because I don't want to live ungodly. 
I've lived 25 years an ungodly life. There's not one thing in 25 years I'm proud of other than marry my wife. But I don't want to live ungodly. I've seen the blessings that come upon living right and doing right and living for God. And I'd just rather die having lived for God than enjoy any of these pleasures out here. It's never brought me any happiness. Can you be honest this morning? I'm going to wrap it up. Will you be honest? Is any of the things that you're involved in this morning, any of the sin, any of that kind of lifestyle, is it bringing you any joy at all in your life? Is your marriage better? Is your family better off? Are you a better person of it? No. You have to admit it's doing nothing but slowly destroying you. So church, we're going to have to, we want to bless life. We're going to have to live separated, aren't we? Stay away from all those kind of things. Lord, we do love you. Thank you so much for turning our darkness into into day, for giving us light, for giving us joy, giving us peace. And thank you for the word of God that guides us in these ways. We love you. We thank you for preserving us. Lord, you have kept many of us from just steps from making shipwreck of the faith. And we thank you for your faithfulness that keeps us going. I pray you'd help any of those, Lord, that they may recover themselves before it's too late. I pray, Lord, you would help them to see quickly that there's nothing good coming from the lifestyle that they're living now. Help them to see the wonder and the beauty, the glory of living godly. We love you. Please help anyone here this morning that maybe not even saved yet. I pray you deal with them about salvation. Thank you for all your forgiveness, all your kindness. No matter when we turn to you, Lord, we find you ready to forgive. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Take just a moment. If you need to come, you come. Brother Reed will sing through a verse if you need to come.